Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is your host, Light the Light Finger Thief. And here I'm joined by Logar. Hello, I am Logar the Barbarian. So, Logar the Barbarian, are you Logar the Barbarian from Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea, of course? Or or were you the Logar the Barbarian from Unearth Arcana first edition? Oh, old school? Are you old school Logar? Well, Hyperborea is a pretty old school game. It, it is. It, it is. is a clone of the AD&D game for the most part with some changes. It takes that old rule set. It does. It does. And we wanted to talk a little bit of like this has been talked about in the past and ad nauseum everywhere on the Internet. But we're going to talk a bit about the OSR, NSR, things like that. I might even bring up something else that I've been a concept of mine or two that I've had floating around in my brain pan for a bit. <laughs> so good. So, you know, we recently did an episode on um, D&D, the brand and what Hasbro has been doing. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the more OSR indie scene. So the indie scene is is where we tend to focus on like independent creators as much as we can. That's the kind of stuff we want out there. We're kind of uh, fans of that type of stuff. Now we play a lot of old games, and if I think most people that listen if are familiar with the OSR because this is kind of a niche podcast, the old school Renaissance or old school revival or whatever you want to call it. And out of the OSR, as we've seen, there's been lots of different variations on the rules that have popped up and different takes on different older games and whatnot. Now, some people say that the OSR is like, oh, well, this is compatible with an earlier edition like BX or AD&D or something along those lines. Like, I know when I see that OSR label that is compatible with, right. but a lot of things that are claiming OSR are not compatible with. They just take certain sensibilities and evolutions of it. I like that we can go back to the drawing board and come out with different things. It brings out some very innovative things in game, like into the odd, into the um, odd and Karen. I've been very impressed with. <laughs> yeah. And I, and Nave is really, I like Nave a lot. I'm a big fan of Nave. Um, now there's a lot of different, like there's Cepheus deluxe kind of takes a look at the old 2d six system. That was, uh, essentially open, turned into an open system from the old Traveler game as well. So you have this whole world, these worlds and little, I get, I, I, the thing is with role-playing games is folks, it's hard to play a lot of different ones because they take time to play and they well, take an investment. They do, assuming that there's a new system that you have to learn each time with its own yeah. new vocabulary, its own structure. However, as you just mentioned. <laughs> and well, the thing is too, with, uh, with, with, uh, with it, people tend to find themselves playing into a certain vein of the role playing games. Like, Oh, I play story games. I play this. And you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of folks are playing a lot of sci-fi games, a lot of travel sure. or palladium and stuff like that. Each one kind of has their own little following. Like I know folks who play a lot of savage worlds. That's primarily what they run and play. There's a lot of little veins out there, which is how I guess the role playing game community is. <laughs> so there's little sure there's all preferences in terms of the mechanics of the system and the genre, like you said. And I think that that communities tend to gravitate around the different games that people are running as well. Like an OSR type group tends to be different than like a group that is focuses on fate. Yeah, correct. So, for example, our group is primarily OSR. We do dabble into like free league, uh, chaosium, basic role play. We may be doing like a fate or fudge game here in the future, but 
our group is mostly oh, it's our system based. <laughs> I want to do some GURPS <laughs> and GURPS. We haven't played GURPS yet, so but you know, GURPS is on there as well, too. But you know, for example, in um, where we live in the part of the US, almost all of the local gaming groups are playing. 5e branded Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of that going on. I think there's a lot of groups that aren't are playing other things too. Um, I think that fifth edition is definitely an in, a very introductory system to role playing for a lot of folks. It's like oh, is okay. it the entry drug for everybody? <laughs> but yeah, well, like we said, there's a lot of different veins in there, and everybody's like, oh, you gotta like you know some of these games have been around for. 40 50 years almost it's like they've you know there's so many other games that have been put out that it's a lot to wrap your head around everything that's out there to play for role-playing games no like you said it's hard for or it takes time for us now at our age to go pick up a brand new system so it's easier to play an osr based system i mean we played what dungeon crawl classics mutant crawl classics which are mm-hmm. not um i wouldn't call them uh, clones necessarily, but they're yeah. NSR. They take it. They take it. I want to say they're OS. Are they considered OSR? Usually, I don't know what they're considered, but the NSR I think is specifically a different strain of thing. I know that comes from your high and what he's done with yep. like building a community around it. New school revival or revolution? I can't. I think it's new school revolution. Um, and a lot of those games break from the rigid rule set that was there with like old school essentials or Osric or something like that. So you do have that realm that's taking some sensibilities. And I think that's neat to see how innovative things come out of going back to the original rules and saying, how'd they do this? Why'd they do this? And implementing them in different various ways. That's some of the most revolutionary things. And then like, Games like Castles and Crusades, who are kind of holding that place of like an older style D&D with a pretty solid yeah. system that's been around for two decades, um, who have impacted change on the wider gaming community. Because some of the changes they made and the things that they put out there ended up in like fifth edition and stuff like that. Whereas the big companies kind of play, tend to play catch up to what's going on in the innovative stuff through the indie scene it seems the people no. putting stuff out making the true innovations yeah i i would totally agree because with like uh karen nave and into the odd i mean for me those are revolutionary in the simplification of the uh some of the game mechanics and attributes but it opened up a whole wide door of new gameplay like you said I mean, well, you're gonna be getting that bastion land book soon i hope <laughs> I, I need a car co- i need a copy of that it's 60 bucks though <laughs> i know so yeah sorry logan and I were, we're, we're talking earlier this morning about placing a large order next to the funeral and i, I was talking about getting i want to get into the you know bastion lands but you know there are a lot of other very interesting i guess OSR systems i mean there was that was ultraviolet that yes. system that i've been wanting to ultraviolet go grasslands yeah yeah, that's a, it's a good, that's a neat, that's a, it's a pretty cool book. I use some stuff from there in my Rifts game. It's a pretty good book. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, all of those are relatively simpler systems, but also very unique in their ambiance and their mechanics as well, too. Yeah. So, like, we talked about the OSR, and, and there's definitely, like, I think at one point in time we had an episode talking about the Grognard thing and some of the... Some oh, of the social yeah. uh, social elements that raised into it those, and whatnot. No, those, need to be updated. <laughs> those need to be updated for sure. So when we say we like playing old school mechanics, however, we don't necessarily agree with some of the stuff that happened. Yeah. <laughs> some some folks really get in. And, and there are people out there and, and that and 
just in the communities in general, there are bad actors, and we'll look yeah, that. That's a thing. But I think at the end of the day, like when we're talking about the games themselves and like what is the old school of games and whatnot, there's been so many conflicts. We've seen the NSR rise as kind of a thing, more of a community, it seems to be the focus of the NSR. While there's been a lot of like, like there are certain games that definitely have had what's the word I'm looking for? More market dominance lately like OSE. no one can so, deny that old school necrotic necrotic gnome, <laughs> gnome is the you know large flagship bear for for that um i would say what Morkborg might be another one behind it as well too yeah Morkborg definitely has its own and again it's kind of got its own ecosystem out there happening yep. and and a lot of stuff coming out for it Old School Essentials seems to be the one I'm seeing a lot more coming out for. There was a while back, like Swords and Wizardry was was getting a lot more uh, products put out for it specifically. Even though Swords and Wizardry and Old School Essentials stats and books are almost almost identical, yeah, it's, it's it's almost the, like there's no problem using the stuff crosswise. Um, I'm not sure. I know that Matt Finch, when he was on here previously, talked about some new edition stuff they're going to do with Swords and Wizardry. I'm excited. I. I like Swords and Wizardry a lot and even more than Old School Essentials because Swords and Wizardry has two things that Old School Essentials doesn't. Number one, it gives a lot of like what a lot of times it gives you a rule. It gives you a few different options. And I like it when there's that option instead of like, yep. this is how it's done. And it's just so rules like simple that I can port almost anything into a Swords and Wizardry game. <laughs> yep, I agree. But, you know, with the popularity of the rise of the OSC brand, you know, like Dark Places and Demigorgons, they just mm -hmm. did a Kickstarter to convert Dark Places and Demigorgons to an OSC rule set, which I found surprising because I, I thought Dark Places and Demigorgons was pretty much, you know, the OBS yeah, rule set. <laughs> it is know? a very similar, it is a very similar rule set. It isn't like that exact BX. There is some modern takes in there. I'm excited for that Dark Places and Demigorgons OSE books. I think, especially the monster book, I'm very curious to take a look at that. <laughs> oh, you mean the, the cryptids? The cryptids, the cryptids, the man. cryptid book. Yeah. So that, you know, I I backed that one as well too. But I am just curious how different it would be versus the, um, you know, their their original system. Yeah, I don't. I mean, like I like I, it is so similar that the that the actual changes to the game are going to be kind of minimal it's not like they're making it for a whole other system a lot no, of those stats are, are, pretty are, much. are the same <laughs> but it's been branded with osc so is that going to help drive more traffic to them well uh, apparently i think that like i like so here's the thing that i do you know I, i'm pretty sure that they ran a fifth edition um kickstarter Dark places and demo I, organs kickstarter I that it, was not successful it, was success was it? It, it was not successful so i backed it but it wasn't successful but so then, it was short but this yeah, one, this the one OSE one was successful. <laughs> I'm curious why that is. I, I think that there's definitely different veins and different folks backing different things that maybe backing certain things in the OSR that wouldn't back those same things over if it was like fifth edition. And that's what I see there because that's literally what happened. Well, for example, I can give you a, an opposite example. So Amazing Adventures which is published by Trollord Games. They did yes. a 5e Kickstarter several years ago, which was record-setting for the for Trollords. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the biggest yes. Kickstarters they ever had was Amazing Adventures 5e. Now, recently, they just did Amazing Adventures second printing um, through Indiegogo, but it was Amazing Adventures Siege Engine, not yes. 5e. It's they, the regular Amazing Adventures. Yeah, amazing adventures. yeah correct. <laughs> uh, the, the, the regular non-5e version of Amazing Adventures using the Siege Engine. 
and they had a tough time. Yeah, it, it seemed like it. it seemed like that there was a lot of yeah they they were talking a lot on online about that too and how it, I don't I don't think it did what they wanted them to do. I I think there's certain elements that play into that. Indiegogo Indiegogo isn't isn't yeah. <laughs> gonna get as much attention as Kickstarter just by the nature of the beast as well. If you put yep. something on Kickstarter. There's a lot of uh, a lot Plus of advertising. <laughs> yes, advertise that Kickstarter itself. Kickstarter will will, will do for you. <laughs> yeah, it does, helps with the promoting of things. So there is that element. I don't know. I'm not running. I'm not the Chenaults over there running the business. I don't know why people made whatever choices, but I know that a lot of folks are just staying with Kickstarter despite everything because when they go on Kickstarter, there's a lot more users. It gets sure. it in front of a the, lot more people's faces yep, and stuff the face like huge. that. Yeah. And I know like talking about like folks wanting to find different places and resources for crowdfunding, any of these monstrous internet conglomerates from Twitter to Kickstarter to Facebook, you name it, you know, being on the big ones gives you access to a yeah. wider audience. It is just the nature of it. Yeah, the base is much larger, so you can get more people to uh, fund it as well, too. But, again, you know, interesting again, because in this case, the 5e version didn't go... F- the 5e version went very well for Amazing Adventures, while for Dark Place and the Demigorgons, the 5e did, version didn't the, make it. <laughs> well, the the, the regular... Ver- yeah, the, the Dark Places and Demigorgons didn't do as great as the 5th edition. I'm But the OSE version did very well. <laughs> yeah, so there... There is certain things I think maybe that that would would fly better with just throwing that OSE title on there. They say, oh, it's compatible with OSE, even though like if you use another games that's totally compatible, I think at a point that OSE might actually that, itself that brand name that yeah, like that brand name attracts enough people. Are looking, yeah, some folks yeah. are looking for that. There is an established brand there, but but so is Five E. Five E was in a very Five E is a very established brand, but it didn't well. It didn't succeed for Dark Places and Demi Gorgon, so I think the established brand is Dungeons and Dragons for Five E. Yeah, Five E itself is. I guess at a point it is a brand. It's not like really because it's weird because it's not owned by anybody as an intellectual property. No, Five E was like how the community refers to it, right? And then people are using the Five E OGL to make you know whatever a cyberpunk game, a biopunk game, uh, you know other genre type games. And that goes back to what we were talking about, like using the OSR as an indicator, like 5e, like, oh, I know what edition this is uh, compatible with and what I can use it with. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you're familiar with that system because you've played it before for a fantasy genre. And now you're going to play it for a whatever 80s horror genre or a science fiction genre or cyberpunk drama, you know, genre. Yeah. And no, like like an indicator of system, I think that as the OSR is, as the term OSR is not a good indicator of system at this point, OSE, Swords and Wizardry, those are good indicators of the system. The individual system is being made for. A lot of folks are putting stuff out in general for those things, saying it's old school compatible, whereas these zines may not have a structured like monster uh, specifications or NPCs or specifications that fit one of those specifically, but give you the information needed to play it in one of those games. And there's a lot of that kind of stuff out there that I've run into in the zine scene. Does that make oh, sense? You, you know, we recently reviewed running out of time mm-hmm. by uh, Diego Noguera, a friend of ours. And uh, you know, that system is not, I would argue it's a uh, Karen based OSR or NSR. 
mm-hmm. type of system, but they don't advertise the system on there. They say it's an RPG. Yeah. Survival in a cyberpunk universe. <laughs> yeah, it's and it just depends, I guess, at the end of the day. I, I think that there's I know at a point in time when we started the podcast, I was trying to talk to a lot of people like, what is the OSR and doing a lot? I was like, I don't think that we need a whole lot of discussion about it, but I think we were just curious to kind of talk a, a little bit about what about OSR type stuff and whatnot today. <laughs> That's what we're into. We're coming close on time. Do you have anything else you want to add to our little OSR ramble? Um, no, no. We we, we just need to figure out when we're going to order from Exalted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, there's we need to look at a few Ratty and Ken Taddy. We need to look at some of the stuff they're doing over there. Uh, Swordfish Islands, I think, is other places. A few others out there. And uh, the most recent place I got a few things from was LFOSR. Okay. Uh, Leo's stuff over there. Everything LFOSR puts out is a masterpiece. And, and yeah, I think that looking at some of these other zine distros and stuff out there, there's quite a few more. Uh, and, and there's a few out in the UK that I think are you probably order from if you want to pay the shipping as well. So... Yeah, a few of those we may want to look at checking some of the stuff they got out there. Exalted Funeral seems to have taken a lot of a lot of the uh, attention in the zine scene for distribution. They seem to be the top dog right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, most of the stuff I'm getting right now is what Kickstarter, Exalted, or or Itch, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook, search Wobblies and Wizards. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter and TikTok at LogarHaleCrom. We're on Patreon. We can use the support. Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling. Yeah, roll those old dice where you had to crayon them in those numbers, right?